Spine, how books are put together. I'm your host, Holly Dunn, and today I'm talking with Sarah Mulvaney, who is an illustrator who has worked on a lot of book covers recently. I was curious to know how she got into illustration, what her process looks like, and if she finds working on book covers different to other illustration work. I'd suggest taking a look at Sarah's website as you listen, unless you're driving of course, as we reference many of her work specifically. That can be found either at sarahmulvaney.com or in the show notes. Without further ado, here's Sarah. So I came across your work, the first time I came across your work was, (laughs) this is going to make me sound very nerdy, but I was searching on Etsy for the name of the wind sort of fan art and and unofficial merchandise and I found (laughs) your amazing cover and I think that led me to the rest of your work and I just thought wow this is this is so cool so could you tell me a little bit about that particular cover I mean I'm I take it you're a name of the wind fan yeah it's um it's one of my favorite books um just I've just yeah I'm a bit of a fancy geek myself and um always kind of you know I grew up reading Harry Potter so it was kind of natural progression and those are the sort of books I I really love and I just I love the name of the wind and um but I've always found fancy book covers all look quite similar they have a look that I'm not it's not really my cup of tea it's not the kind of books that I design and um even though I love the books themselves um I just yeah they're not something that I would naturally go to in a book in a bookstore so I wanted to give it a kind of my take on it uh so that was a personal project um I don't get time to do that many but I at the time I just really wanted to do it so um it was back in I think it was a couple years ago now and um I just wanted to get the kind of um I did like um sort of get the kind of wind element in it there's um there's a a scene or a location in the book where uh, it's kind of like a courtyard and uh it's sort of a vort there's kind of like a vortex of wind and uh, i think students would like write questions on uh, bits of paper and then they'd let them go and then depending on which way the piece of paper blew off kind of gave you the answer and I quite like that kind of vortex effect so I kind of tried to get that across and I had the uh, typographies in the middle um, and it's tried to get the kind of wind element in that as well and then it's sort of got the narrative elements around the outside within the wind Um, it's a bit dark like in terms of color but there's like a little bit like pink in it which I think lifts the type but um, it was just something I did for myself, really, it's sort of a, a fun side project. And um, yeah, I do sell it on like Etsy now. And I think people like you, if you if you are a bit of a fan, then it's the sort of thing that you might search for and then stumble across. So it was, yeah, it was a good one to do. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's a cover that I have myself tried to to make um, art for in the past, and. Each time I feel like I'm just falling short <laughs> because I love the book so much and I feel like it's not quite doing it justice, but I might have another crack at it before too long. I'm going to say there's another book, obviously, as well, um, uh, The Wise Man's Fear, which is the second mm-hmm. one, isn't there? So yeah. there's also more possibilities to do another cover for that one. <laughs> and maybe one day the third book. 
Yeah, well, maybe if he ever writes it, <laughs> ever finishes it. <laughs> I know, we're all on the edges of our seats. I know, it's been a while now, actually. It's been quite mm. a long gap, I think. But it, It's a bigger gap than between the last Song of Ice and Fire book and, and Winds of... Uh, well, the, the, the last two... Um, yeah, Song of Ice and Fire book. So he's more overdue than George R. R. Martin is, basically. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's taking his time, keeping everyone waiting, with anticipation growing. <laughs> Actually, there's a Twitter account that says it, it, it's just called, is book three out yet? And every day <laughs> they tweet, no. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I do occasionally search. Good. Yeah. Oh, I have to find that one i do occasionally search in case i've somehow missed it but no yeah i know i'm so worried i'm gonna miss it too (laughs) (laughs) but a book like name of the wind i think is it's fantasy but it's so accessible to so many people and everybody that i've recommended it to has absolutely loved it but because of the cover it's not the sort of thing that they would naturally gravitate to in a bookshop so i do wonder if some fantasy titles ought to be repackaged in in some different ways. This one particularly because I believe that it's the greatest book ever written. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. They have actually redone The Name of the Wind now. It's like for the 10-year, well, they Mm. have here the 10-year anniversary, which is um, they've redone it as like a hardback. And that is is what I like more. So... Mm maybe hopefully they will do more things like that because I think yeah they could a lot of fantasy books could do with a restyling perhaps of their covers <laughs> yeah because th- there is a sort of stereotype about who reads fantasy books and yeah I think I mean Harry Potter is a, a prime example of how a book can kind of transcend its its genre and it's also it's its age range so <laughs> I feel as though that could be done with so many other books and yeah Yeah, I mean your your cover is a a great example of that it's sort of targeted to a different group of people I think maybe a more uh, female audience potentially and um, it could really open that up so hopefully there are some art directors in in the (laughs) fantasy world (laughs) listening to this yeah no I, I think it's true I do definitely think that they all they yeah, when you go to that section of the bookstore, like I prefer the covers in the other sections, but I mm. almost prefer the books in the fantasy yeah. section. So, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Actually, the, um, there have been some examples of of less stereotypical um, or stereotypically fantastical covers. Um, I'm thinking of the, the UK Robin Hobb covers are quite quite contemporary looking but they've got that old old timey feel to them with the calligraphy yeah I think they redid them though didn't they because I had the original like go through so many versions of them um and I think when they redo them they sort of they when they go for a different approach it's quite nice to see that often it's a bit more simpler than the yeah the kind of stereotypical fantasy kind of illustration that you get Mm. so um yeah, they're a nice they're kind of like a nice collector's edition, aren't they, when they redo them and then yeah. have them on your bookshelf. <laughs> it's a shame if you've been collecting the old editions though and then you <laughs> Yeah. They they bring yeah, out new ones cool. and it just doesn't match. But yeah, interesting to see a little bit of that going on in, in fantasy, but yeah, I think I'd like to see more of it. 
also because that's yeah. something that I'd love to design for. Um, I, I think it's it's such a, a rich genre, especially in the, the amount of imagery that's in it. And especially for, for both of us as illustrators, we, we like to have that, that imagery to work with. Yeah, that's true. I haven't really done that. I haven't really done that many or any fantasy books, really. It's not really the stuff that I get commissioned to do. But I, yeah, I would love to do. I'd love to do more. And so one of your other self-initiated projects was the Alice in Wonderland cover, which is also fantastic. Um, how, how did that come about? Is that just a, a love of the book and wanting to do a cover for it? Yeah, that was, it was so long ago now. Um, I think it was like 2012 or something. Like I, um, one of the first covers uh, I did, I think it was at the, I think I might have still been in, oh no. Yeah, I, I think I started it at university and then I sort of, um, I had the idea in university and then I kind of reworked it. Um, and so the version on my website was from 2012, but I must have started it a few years before that. And I just, yeah, I loved, I loved the book. So I, um, I loved everything about it. So I thought I would kind of tackle it. Um, and I did the idea of the teacup skirt upside down thing which mm. um I was quite like happy with when I got that idea and then I kind of worked it around that and it's got that kind of vintage poster kind of look and it's got my sort of colors those are sort of my favorite colors in it as well and it's got the hand-drawn typography and all that so um it's still quite popular people like it quite a lot and I get a lot of requests for similar things and similar colorways and um it's I sell it as well on my Etsy site so it's quite old for me but it still feels relevant like um people still clients still refer to it as inspiration for their current projects which is nice Mm. And, and do you find that with many of your personal projects and is that sort of how you springboarded into uh the well, the publishing industry in particular. Uh, I don't, I don't have that many. I think my most of my personal projects are from a few years ago on my website because um, I've just been fairly busy, a bit too like very busy the last few years. I haven't really had a chance um, to get round to that many that I really want to do. But um, I think that I mean my first commission after university was a book cover. It was the uh, it was a random house. It was the Angela Carter. Um, Nights at the Circus cover mm. uh, that was literally like a couple of weeks after I finished university I think I got that cool oh, wow. um, yeah no it was great it was like it was a bit of a shock and um, yeah it was a great project to work on and um, um, it didn't actually get used in the end but um, I still really enjoyed it and it was a great kind of like intro into the publishing world and then after that I got a few more from Random House so that kind of I think started my kind of book cover career um and uh yeah I do I do just I do love book covers though I mean I love the variation in my work but um I quite like typography and mixing typography and illustration and book covers allow me to like to do that so it's a and I love books so it's a (laughs) win-win yeah and that was going to be my next question about because you work in a number of different industries I was wondering what what things about publishing you particularly love. Um, I think, well, I think it is it is that kind of um, I do love typography and the illustration together. And I think if on books, it's best to uh, 
they're kind of one and the same thing. I approach them as the same thing. So it's not like I uh, treat them separately. I feel like they need to work together and balance to make a good book cover. And so it's all that kind of, yeah, composition and everything. And um, like I feel like if I just got given a book cover without the typography, like a commission just to do the illustration, I feel kind of hard done by in a way because I like to I really want to do both of them and I feel like it's not my best work if it's not if I haven't included both so I feel like if you put yeah for me I just feel like if typography is added to my work later I'm like oh I would you know I just like to make sure it's very cohesive the whole thing so I, I do love you know publishing you know the seeing the end result when you go into a bookstore and um, I love bookstores and you get to go in and you see your work and you get to pick up with something quite tangible about a book and um, that's such a lovely feeling whereas if you design something for the web it doesn't feel real in a way but when you go into a bookstore and you see them and one of the best things if you go in and it's like facing forward on the bookshelf you feel like done really well they've chosen it to face forward or something it's a really good moment so that's just yeah it's great and it never gets old I, I still like whenever I go to a new city or place I you know I drag my partner in to look at the books because they're just so beautiful and if I can find my own then that's great it's just a great day <laughs> mm, and and you think that sort of magazines and and online things seem somewhat transient and that they're, they're just going to you know disappear yeah. into, well either the black hole of, of the web or print magazines are sort of quarterly or monthly but there's something about yeah. a book that just feels very permanent and you know that 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 there's been a print run of so many done and you know that, yeah. that you know even if if it's only a few copies that they're gonna stick around for a long long time yeah definitely um and you can hoard them on your bookshelf and it's just like it's my you know art and um you know just when you pick it up and you look at the stock that's been used and any you know foiling or anything it just makes it very special it's kind of something that you want to keep and it's nice to see your work in magazines uh, but they are yeah like you said more throwaway um, people don't keep magazines generally I mean I keep mine with my work in um, <laughs> but um, generally I don't you know you don't do you so um, it's just nice to yeah there's something that will always be there than a book it's nice and it makes a great something that you give to someone it's like a gift isn't it it's, mm. yeah yeah and if it's the cover as well it's qu quite a different thing to having an, an illustration just inside the magazine I mean I'm sure that's a great feeling too but <laughs> to yeah uh, to look at a, a shelf and either see it face out or see it spine out and know that you've had a hand in that pretty special yeah definitely so you have a very particular artistic style you know lots of lots of pattern hand lettering um, particular colors that you work with you know, scrolling through your portfolio here um, <laughs> yeah. so I was wondering about the development of that and I mean obviously you've been working in a in a similar style for quite a while if you say that the the Alice in Wonderland one is quite a few years old yeah yeah could you talk me through the development of that and how you found yourself at, at the point where you had that kind of cohesive style? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know how it came about. I mean, at university, I feel like I probably didn't 
really know what I was doing. I mean, it felt like I didn't really know what I was doing. But I guess all that work I did kind of led me to where I am now. It's sort of a natural progression because I love hand-drawn things. I love old, like, vintage posters that are kind of muted colour palettes, things like that. But I love computers as well. I've always been a bit of a geek, so... Um, I loved Photoshop and I kind of trained myself to use it and um, the way I work enables me because everything's hand-drawn but it enables me to use both so the color and everything is added on the computer and so it just it's like my natural way of working I never really thought about it as you know I'm I kind of, I didn't realize I was doing it it was just this is how I work it's kind of and also almost like the quickest way for me to work it, I don't have to think about how I'm doing it I just um so if I tried to work in a different way it would it would take me a lot longer because this is just feels natural to me so I don't really know how this came about how I did it it's just like a natural progression and actually yeah looking back it my I mean I can see work my work developing but it still has that kind of look about it even back at the end of well yeah Alice in Wonderland I think the the version before that the one I did at uni was much less polished and I kind of simplified it to make what it is there but that you're you're right I do have a kind of look that has that is sort of maintained throughout but I think that is important for clients to see they do like an illustrator to have a way of working that is kind of unique to them they like to know what they're getting they commission you because they like the way you work they don't want you to throw something random at them so it's 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 good in a way to have that and it is but it's also good to develop it and keep progressing and moving with the times you don't want to become like you know stagnant but it's you should have that voice that is kind of personal to you that people can hopefully recognize and commission you for because they like that look as well so did you explore different styles when you were at university um I think yeah I must have looked at different um so long ago now (laughs) I feel really old um yes uh we you know I tried different things a lot more actually university was quite we didn't really use many uh like computers it was very the course I did was very um kind of hand-drawn so that's kind of my grounding but it was my own personal desire to use computers that led me down there so I kind of refined my drawings like technique at uni and I must have done things like paper cut out and that kind of stuff like we were encouraged to try different things and you you know use different media it was a lot of um, kind of location drawing did a lot of that uh, which I don't you know it was a great foundation but it's not something that I get really get a chance to do anymore but yeah I think it probably all helps you kind of figure out what you like doing and this was sort of my progression but uh, so I'm very thankful for all that like um, all the education I had sort of led me to this point Um, but I must have sort of you know you're kind of encouraged to find your own way really. And was lettering always a part of that? Yeah, actually, I remember at university, I think um, when we did, uh, when we did put our portfolio together, I think I think a tutor did comment that I had typography in everything I did and that maybe I should try and do some without. But I was like, but that, I love it. I love typography and, and uh, I love that, you know. So um, it's funny now because 
my portfolio is full of it. (laughs) But that is sort of one of my favorite things to do. So, uh, yeah, I was doing it then um, and uh, kind of sort of developing my own like typography style, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I was definitely doing it back then, much to their dismay, just all the time. (laughs) Oh, no wonder you ended up working in publishing a lot. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that there is a lot of in your portfolio is pattern, which I'm very interested in as, as well. Is that another sort of common thread or is that a more recent development? Um, I think that's more, it's definitely more recent. I That was when I think I had a chance. I really wanted to do more, like create more patterns. And I, um, I think what I did was I had existing work so I think it's like some Christmassy patterns on my website so I had work that I'd done and I took elements and was like right I'm going to make a repeating pattern out of this um and it's quite a interesting kind of way of working because it's a bit of trial and error really it's you know quite a challenge trying to make something work as a repeat it's a bit different from just a normal illustration um and I do I do love it I would like to do you know, to do more of it, actually. I kind of love, you know, like William Morris, all that kind of mm. beautiful, sinuous flora. It's just gorgeous. And um, I, I have actually just done some for, it was the Museum of Royal Worcester, just had a complete refit. So I did a lot of illustration for them. It was quite a large project. And um, I had to do like a 1920s slash 1970s kitchen so it's kind of like split right down the middle. So one side was 1920s and one was 1970s. And I did all the like the wallpaper and all the flooring and all the tablecloths. And actually like everything was illustrated. But I obviously had to do the patterns for the wallpaper and on um, quite a large scale as well. And that was great. I was kind of like a new, yeah, I'm yet to see it actually. It's just opened its door. So I need to go and have a look. But um, it's, it you know, it was great to do, to have a go at, actually creating patterns for commercial use it was a quite a fun experience so I would like to do more uh, definitely you find like those sort of personal projects they do help kind of if you want to direct your commercial work in a certain way it's good to have the chance to do those personal projects and then kind of showcase them I think um like I did a I did a jungle heart like a few years ago. I hadn't really done very many kind of like plants, like flowers illustration or like definitely not on my website. And I, th- I went to um, like a botanical gardens near me called Wisley Gardens and um, they had like a big greenhouse of all these exotic plants. I did drawings and, and then I created this heart, which is on my website. And then like from that, I got quite a few other commissions, based around like florals and I did something for keels and I did um 100 plants that won't die in your garden I did the book cover and I did I've just done a book about foraging as well so wow yeah that's not out yet but um that would be quite cute I think when it's in the shop so yeah that kind of it kind of if you get the chance to do those personal projects they do you can kind of direct help direct your work in a way that you want it to go because obviously if you just do um I did a lot of cookbooks which I love but if you just do food illustration all the time then that's obviously what people see so they know that's they just think that's the only thing you can do so by showing kind of 
kind of range of work. It kind of helps clients see how your work can be applied in different ways. It just sort of helps them make that leap. <laughs> yes, because sometimes you think that that leap would be would be obvious, but it's only really obvious to you. No, yeah, you hear stories about like people not getting commissioned to do food illustrations because they wanted like a lemon illustration and and they've done like an apple and orange and all the other fruit but that they go for someone that they've seen can do a lemon because they know that yeah they can do a lemon <laughs> but it seems obvious that you could obviously illustrate a lemon but sometimes people that aren't as creative minded need a little bit of help with that uh yeah leap <laughs> So you think it's worthwhile having quite a, a broad portfolio in that sense? Not not in a sense of the style, but subject matter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I love having kind of that variation. It's sort of what makes life as an illustrator interesting. The projects I get are quite different from each other. I do, you know, I've been doing a lot of science things recently. And, you know, I've done a lot of the food and the flowers. I do a lot of maps. It's great to have like if you're juggling lots of projects it's nice that they're all different because if they're all the same it can feel a bit you kind of if you're doing the same thing day in day out then although you may love it it's nice to kind of challenge yourself and think you know sometimes you get a brief from a client and you think oh how am I ever going to do that but you always do you always find a way and that you know you learn a lot from it so it's good to have that breadth of portfolio in terms of subject matter because it's just yeah it makes life more interesting and enables you to get different types of work I think yeah it's definitely that's why you know one of the things I love about being an illustrator is each day each week is different you never know what commission you're going to get next and um, even in terms of books the kind of books I do vary a lot and that's that's lovely to have that yeah and um, you mentioned the maps. Have you done any maps as end papers for books? Oh, yeah, I have actually. I've done um, Chasing the Dram, which is one of my favourite books. Yeah. It's, uh, I did end papers for that, which, um, was a, which were maps and, um, of Scotland. That was lovely, actually. It's a lovely, it's a lovely book. I like, printed really well and having the end papers looks really cute. And it was quite a limited colour palette on that as well, which I took from the cover. So it's quite, you know, it feels quite cohesive as a, as a project. But that was a great, mm. it was a great one to work on, actually. Uh, it was uh, unusual in terms of the brief was quite open. So the publisher was uh was happy for me to have a free reign as long as wow. I yeah it was they just wanted the um the travel and the whiskey aspects to be kind of come through on the cover and as long as I had that I could you know pretty much do what I wanted which is um it, which is kind of it's like it's like your ideal project although sometimes that can go one way or the other because if you get a project like a, a brief that's really open you know, it's great. It shows confidence in me as an illustrator, but also it can show that the client doesn't exactly know what they want. So as soon as you start working, they could go, oh, actually, that's not what we want. Um, and then that takes a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of labor to get through that. But this one went really well and I didn't really have any revisions on it because they love what I did. So that felt like I felt really proud of it as an idea and seeing, you know, the end result 
was really you know was really great so it's got like the typography obviously and then the whiskey bottle and then all the kind of narrative elements around the outside it's got a bit of humor in it yeah uh, yeah, it's just nice. It was just a great project to work on, really. I was really happy with that. Mm, and you could spend quite a long time looking at it and going, oh, yep, there's Nessie down the bottom and, and there's yeah. um, the Glenford and uh, Viaduct. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, it's the little guy with bagpipes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love books which have those <laughs> kinds of details on the cover. Yes. Yeah, because um... it's it's so stunning from a distance yet when you look closer there's a lot going on yeah that's what I was going to say I wanted it to work obviously from the distance you need to it needs to work as a bottle you can hopefully you can tell that it's a a whiskey bottle and the typography obviously kind of catches your eye but the but then when you look at it it's got the the little details in which kind of keep your interest so um that's what I tried to make sure. So the details around the outside are pretty much the same color palette. They're just those blues. And then the whiskey bottle hopefully works because it's the stronger colors and they're quite, um, obviously it's got the label color and then the whiskey color. But I think they work because you you kind of pick those up as the bottle shape. Because if there's too much going on, like color around the outside, it kind of, is too bitty it, need, it needed to work as a kind of single thing around the outside even though it was lots of little bits it needed to kind of hold together does that make sense <laughs> mm, yeah no definitely I remember seeing this book um in the bookshop and just thinking oh I wish I'd de- designed that cover it's so cool <laughs> thanks <laughs> I love the typography as well it sort of has that that hand-drawn feel to it but references old kind of victorian lettering as well yeah no i love that kind of like vintage typography and i think i looked at like yeah. whiskey labels themselves obviously and uh there's some great love you know i love i love branding itself so any kind of mm. packaging i love so i love to get if i um they're great projects to work on if you get to do any kind of things like that so i find that it whiskey like labels and bottles in themselves to be beautiful so um it's great kind of imagery to work with isn't it there's a lot going on Mm, yeah there really is and and the map just continues that level of detail and the color palette like you said yeah yeah and i do yeah i love doing maps and yeah so i just pulled that kind of color palette through and kept it quite simple but i think hopefully it works and um it adds a bit of interest to the end pages as well, which can, you know, mm. sometimes be neglected, but look great if they've got a nice pattern on or something that's relevant or like a map is, you know, nice. So oh, definitely. Yeah. Usually or quite often my favorite part of a book is the end paper. Yeah. Yeah. You get that with like even fantasy books. Hopefully they do that map. <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yeah if there's no map it's such a disappointment I know I can't work out where anything is I need a map Mm. so what does your process look like when you're designing something like this um so for a map specifically for a map um Mm. in a way it's more straightforward so I would make sure I I drew out the basically I would draw out the shape so the Scotland it was a bit more tricky because I had to make something that was quite portrait fit landscape Mm. so you need to get that 
composition right so I think I must have drawn out the shape of Scotland and then they had specific locations that needed to that were in the book that needed to be in the map so I have to put them so I have to mark them on so I do that really like quite roughly um just um so if I print out like if I draw the map and then I print it out and then I kind of scribble on roughly where they all go and then obviously you've got to make it work it can't go down you can't have anything too important down the gutter things like that so you have to kind of shift things around and then there's obviously spaces where you need to kind of kind of fill in like you have to you know so that's why there's added details in as well and then I would draw out the little icons um scan them in and then I would place them on photoshop so especially on a map I would use photoshop in the rough stage a lot to kind of place things move things around do the type you know I put the typography on and then my roughs tend to look quite polished because I like to have a really good idea of what it's going to look like in the final so I don't so doing the final is therefore quite straightforward and then when that all gets approved I would draw everything out I'd print all the elements out separately and then draw redraw them in pen and uh just like a fine liner and then I scan everything in and then kind of use Photoshop to put all the colour in so each element is on a different layer so it's all kind of layered up on Photoshop so it sounds quite <laughs> sounds quite long actually, but it's not it's, <laughs> um, it's the quickest way I find for me to work like I can I can especially I can make changes very quickly and move things very quickly if I'm you know especially on a map I have to like move things I'm constantly moving things around trying to make sure it all fits well yeah and so then all the colors added on at that point yeah that's pretty much how how I work and and do you ever use a drawing tablet or is it always pen and paper I have a Wacom tablet but I use that for photoshop like work I don't draw with it that makes sense I draw Mm. everything's drawn with like pen and ink and then I use the tablet for the work on the Mac, but it's not drawn. I don't draw lines as such on it. I use it to kind of pick things up and move things around and and then apply the colour and things, but it's not um I don't I don't draw with it. I do love it, it's great, um, but I prefer a hand drawn line, basically. And I just prefer, yeah. I'll always have that kind of hand-drawn element in it. And I just, yeah, I would rather do it by hand. And like, I like to, you know, I mix the two. I mix hand-drawn and computer. And I think hopefully it's done well enough so you, it's quite seamless. You can't really see mm. the dip, like you can't pull apart the different how I've done it because it's done, you know, hopefully well enough that you can, it sort of works together cohesively without, you being able to pick out what bits I did on, you know, the computer, it's sort of, you know, hopefully it's that's seamless. <laughs> so is is that a case of scanning them or taking photos of each image as as a physical thing and, and then putting them into black and white or So yeah, I would outline everything in in like a black it's just black ink uh, or pen or like a brush pen and then I would scan it in and then I would basically take the line and pull it apart so that it's each element is separate and then I would 
kind of fill the color in I suppose so yeah all my drawings just look like out like line drawings and then it's all kind of built up on the computer so I don't do any color by hand it's all colored on the on photoshop that makes sense (laughs) yeah this is so interesting because looking at your work I would have guessed that it's that I, I would have thought that it's drawn on some sort of tablet just because it does have that um, that cleanliness to it, but it's also got that very hand drawn. Uh, the the lines look very very hand drawn. So, yeah, I was very interested to hear how that all sort of came together. Yeah, I don't know if that's if I I have an unusual way of working. I don't know. It's um, I mean, maybe people could do it quicker on a tablet. I just prefer my way. I know. I prefer that hand-drawn line. I don't like to look at lines on the computer and know that they're... I don't like to see brush effects, if that makes sense. I kind of... Yeah. I don't like to see that. I recently had to judge a... It was... Oh, it was a book cover. Um, it was a, a illustration award. I was the judge for the illustration category, and it was a publisher that... It was a publishing award. And um, so it was all students. It was, um, it was the Batsford Prize, Anyway, I um, it was a new thing for me to be the judge rather than you know a uni being the entering work. So it was quite different. Uh, but one of the things I didn't like seeing was if com- like computer work done badly. So you could see if I could see a brush mm. mark that I knew was you can tell sometimes I didn't like it, and so they wouldn't get chosen. <laughs> it would be bad. <laughs> like no. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there was a lot of entries, so I had to be ruthless. So I like, you know, I think it, if you use it, it needs to be done well, I suppose, like kind of seamless. And yeah. uh, there's so much like software out there now, which, um, you know, people use like tablets to draw and what they can do on it is absolutely amazing. But I still like my way of working just because I know it works for me and I know the outcome I'm going to I'm gonna get is one that I'm hopefully happy with. Yeah, there's something about the the texture and the, the the tactile nature of paper and and ink yeah definitely although that <laughs> that said i um i recently switched over to an ipad pro and i thought i would never do that <laughs> and actually i've i found it's it, it's really great but now i'm a bit worried that i'm not going to be able to draw with pen and paper i'm going to go back to it well I, this has happened <laughs> I go back to you know get out a pencil and then I'm looking for the undo button oh yeah yeah <laughs> no that, that's funny probably yeah. something if I did I'd be like oh I love it why can't I zoom into this paper <laughs> <laughs> where's the backspace yeah um yeah no I um it's nice as well like uh I like I mean I look at a computer a lot a screen a lot I find like my eyes are going weird or something and it's nice to just mm. not be it's nice to look work at a piece of paper instead you know, you feel like if I stare at the screen all day, I feel like my, yeah, at the end of the day, I can't focus, you know, it's hard to focus on things properly because you're just so tight. It's like eye strain, isn't it? It's um, something designers obviously get a lot of. So it's nice mm-hmm. to go back to pen and paper and feel like you're giving your eyes a, a rest, I suppose. Yes, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> Maybe I'm not spending enough time doing it. <laughs> Mm. well and and then issues like um yeah rsi if you're if you're using a pen too much 
or or the computer too much and i guess switching between the two will help with that yeah i guess so um trying to get up and move around and remembering that there's a world yeah you're supposed to look into the distance every so quite often i think so look away from your screen and focus on something in the distance and then look back because obviously your focus is quite close all the time so you you're supposed to keep looking away not that i do but you're supposed to do it apparently (laughs) ah so there's something to be said for sort of just staring into. yeah there you go okay i like that i like that of ideas it's good for you (laughs) (laughs) okay i think we're going to switch to a a slightly different topic or a completely different topic um which is um so you work with agency rush is that right yeah what's your experience working with them yeah so um so great i um i joined agency rush in like 2013 i think since then like each year it's just got better and better and i've just been busier and busier like to the point where i'm just non-stop at the moment which is great they're just lovely they're just lovely people and kind of like it sounds silly but they're like like your family in a way because being an illustrator is it can feel quite isolated. You know, I work on my own. Um, I mean, occasionally, obviously, I speak to clients, but it's not the same. And having someone there for you, when, especially when, you know, you can talk to, talk things through, but when things go bad, they're there for you. And, you know, if a client gets difficult, they've got your back. And that's such a nice feeling to have. And they obviously kind of broaden horizon with work. They're always off to, like, New York or, Paris or whatever so doing things I can I wouldn't be able to do but it's also the little things like you know dealing with uh, fees and contracts is not something that any illustrator actually I don't think likes doing I've never met one yeah I know it's horrible I hate it and um you know I did it for a few years I think it's good to have that for at least if you're going to be a freelance it's good to have a couple years on your own figuring out how the industry works you know you make mistakes but hopefully you won't make them again but you'll make different mistakes and you learn from it and that's great you kind of need that foundation but the agency like I wouldn't go back now they're they're so lovely you know to have around they deal with all that kind of stuff that I you know it's really hard to do that you know ask for fees yourself and um whereas the agency are you know they can do that all for you and also you know it feels like as an illustrator you are so many things rolled into one you're obviously the illustrator but you're also kind of a promoter marketing person social media person doing your website you've got to do accounts you're doing bookkeeping and all that stuff it takes a lot of time and so if you can unburden some of those responsibilities to other people it's you know I mean a a business would have would hire people to do those things each of those separate jobs but if you're freelancing you're doing all those things and it takes time and when I'm really busy you know I haven't done any invoicing or anything for ages because I've just not had a chance to do it so having the agency there as well can you know it helps you it just feels like you know you're part of a team rather than just on your own it's nice to have them so I wouldn't go back and I would recommend obviously but you should kind of like I said you should you shouldn't go straight from uni I don't think to having an agent I think you should struggle (laughs) for a bit and kind of appreciate it (laughs) like you kind of learn so much doing that you don't want to 
you know, as for an agent as well, I don't see why, you know, if I was an agent, I probably wouldn't want someone that's just come out of uni. I'd be like, you need some time to kind of prove that you can make it on your own, get those skills. So you're not a bit, you know, you're not clueless on how the industry works. It's good to understand it. So I think having those years is, is a good start. But then, but now, yeah, I'd really happy yeah I I think that's really important as a sole trader or or freelancer to understand all the different aspects of your business even if you are outsourcing it Um, so this week I've been trying to get my head around various aspects of tax that I didn't previously understand (laughs) which has not been fun but then at least you know that if you're outsourcing that to an accountant you know if you're being ripped off (laughs) you know you you can check back over that stuff it's, yeah definitely you know <laughs> hopefully you're not being fleeced by anyone <laughs> yeah I mean it's I think like you said it's good to um good to learn all that kind of a bit like tax stuff it's awful but it's good to get an understanding of it and then yeah you feel like you have a good grounding in it and um yeah hopefully you know if other people are messing around and stuff so <laughs> it's awful though yeah <laughs> but it's it's a lot less scary once you have a better idea of how it works yeah. that's what i found yeah there's so, i'm sure i'm doing like i do my own accounts i'm sure i do plenty wrong but like i said you learn as you go along and <laughs> hopefully you um don't make too many mistakes so and then you're aware of the the ins and outs as well yes definitely um and your agency has quite a a list of of illustrators a a fantastic list do you ever have any collaborations with any of them or do you have meetups or anything like that i haven't really collaborated work-wise with any of them they are great which is why one of the reasons i i chose agency rush because they've got a lovely selection of illustrators they're all quite different which is what you want Mm. if you're going to join an agency because they've got that kind of you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be with a group of illustrators that are all the same. So they're, they're lovely, yeah. but they're all quite different, which is nice. I know they host they ha- they host events like um, called Glug in Brighton, and um, and I think they do them in other places around England. But I uh, I do get I do go, and it's lovely to see see everyone and do some like networking. But um, I also have to find the time to do that because I'm a, a few hours away from them. So. I do go when I can, um, and it is nice to realise there are other people working <laughs> to, in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's nice as well. Like you go and if I get the chance, I'll still. I mean, I haven't actually in in ages, but if I get the chance to go meet clients, it is lovely, just because it kind of gets you out of the studio and talking away from yeah. the screens. Yeah, um, gets you talking to other people and getting feedback on your work and that is that is that's great so if I have a day in London you know I might try and see clients and stuff um and that is it feels great to do that um or if there's events you know I've been to like publishing events and things like that but they're kind of few and far between because I'm not in London I'm not in Brighton but um I do try and make the effort to go if I can (laughs) And do you find that those face-to-face interactions result in, in more work? Um, yeah, I think so, definitely. Especially at the start when I was doing more of that. I think going to meet like publishers is great. And uh, it kind of 
they kind of realize then that you're a person, they can put your face to your work, you're having a conversation, you know, they're giving up their valuable time to talk to you. And hopefully they, you know, they're concentrating obviously on, on your portfolio. And I mean, it's all a lot of timing. If you go and see a publisher and they, they look at your work and they go, that's great. I've got, a, you know, I've got a project that you might be great for that's great timing it's just whether or not they remember you when the work comes up that's the thing so that's why you you know I would go and that's why going to meet people's great you know sending things speaking to people and doing updates on like social media it's kind of just keeping yourself in the presence so they remember you when the right project does come along but yeah definitely if you go and see people it's uh it really helps, I think. And I love seeing all their, you know, when I go to publishers, I love seeing where they work, I often have like a really cool, like, you know, office space. And I see them all working together and I'm a little bit jealous because they've got this little, yeah. oh, it looks nice. <laughs> Look at you all together working. Mm. So it is nice to go and to go and see that. So it does, yeah, it definitely helps, I think. Yeah. And publishers do tend to be quite creative spaces yeah. and uh, I've I've noticed the same when I've been into into publishers, <laughs> especially with all the books that they just have books everywhere, and you you just want to stop and look at everything. Yeah, I know, and they've got stuff pinned all over the boards, and it's like, oh, yeah, and it's a, uh, it just feels like a nice part, like a team to be part of. Yeah, I can I can see why people are drawn to the industry. It's just, yeah, it's it's a nice one. Um, so you have an Etsy shop, which we've briefly touched on earlier with the. Alice in Wonderland and Name of the Wind. Yeah. How how did that come about? Um, what why did why did you want to start selling yourself independently or selling your your work independently? Uh, it was just um, I think I got quite a lot of requests for my work, like prints of my work. People would ask for prints, a lot of my book covers. Um, I just thought, well, I'll I'll sell them then <laughs> and so, so out that bit and have a site and Etsy is quite good because it kind of makes it really simple for you to do that Um, and it's like a trusted site like eBay or something so people I think feel perhaps happier to purchase something through a site like Etsy and they make it easy for the seller as well I need to put more time into it it's like one of those it's just like a side thing for me Um, I need to put more time into it I'm aware every year I'm like I'm going to make more effort on that and I don't because I get so busy with you know actual commissions that it just falls by the wayside because I do have um the ability to have a shop on my own website it's uh it's got that function that page that I can make my own shop and I one of the things Mm -hmm. I want I know you've got one and it it works great obviously and I do really want to do that I just not had the time because I feel like that takes time to set up. Maybe it's not going to take as much time as I think, but I haven't given it the time that it needs. So at the moment, I still do Etsy, but even that, I'm not like, I don't kind of shout about it very much. I should do more, but like, you know, people like you that might think, oh, I want to name the wind print would like search find yeah. it. <laughs> um, but I should make more effort on it. And it is nice to, you know, send people prints of your work they um you know it's nice but yeah I do want to put more effort into that it's just a case of I've just not really had the chance to do that yet yeah physical products are a huge amount of work yeah very rewarding but my goodness 
it's it's just yeah. like they're sending like oh now I've got to go to the post office <laughs> it's like I don't have yeah. time to go to the post office but stuff like that I was like okay so I'm I'm really grateful when you obviously I sell a print that's nice but you do yeah. then have to package it up and then write it out and then send it and if you're like working to a deadline you can be a bit like uh, I don't have time to do that today um, so that's the other thing with it mm, sort of building a few days yeah, away into your um, terms and conditions yeah. <laughs> a week <laughs> I'll send it in a week <laughs> <laughs> I only go to the post office on Fridays yeah yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah I think I say something like um, within three working days okay. I think I need to change mine I think mine's within I think it's within two actually one to two days uh, which seems like a lot of time but uh, yeah I think if you say that and you well it's sort of you're you're saying that oh it'll be done within this time and then you get it done as soon as the order comes through or within a few hours then you feel really great about it and hopefully they feel really great about it because they get it a bit sooner than they expected hopefully then again I'm posting things from New Zealand so everything takes ages oh yeah at least you've got that you can be like oh it's not my fault it's the post (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do try not to do that. But... <laughs> yeah, sometimes things do take an insane amount of time. Just You think that definitely should have been there by now. And then it arrives the next day. And it's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you had clients find you through Etsy? Um, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I should quiz them more. I'm not aware of anyone finding me through Etsy. Like social media, I think, perhaps. I don't know if anyone's found me through Etsy. I can't remember that happening. That's something I've always wondered if, if I'm missing out on on potential sales or, or oh, potential right, I see. client leads a bit because I'm on a separate website. Then again, I suppose if if it's on a separate website, you know that they're coming because of you rather than because they found the, they just happened to stumble across you on Etsy. Although of course that does happen on on websites too. But yeah, you could always have Etsy's. Well, I don't know if you could link it back, but I suppose it's just like another search tool, isn't it? Yeah, I did wonder about throwing a few things up on there. You could do, and then um, mm. and then you kind of link it back to your website, <laughs> and then seems a bit cheeky though. <laughs> I don't know. Was it... <laughs> I don't know. Is that frowned upon? I know that people do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Have you used anything like Society Six or Redbubble? I haven't. Is that the uh, they print your work on things? Is that right? Yeah, tote bags, and yeah, so it's print on demand. People order things, and then they get printed um and no. you don't have to do anything you just get a tiny cut from tiny cut <laughs> it is pretty tiny but okay. <laughs> yeah um no I haven't uh, I have seen them and it looks cool and stuff I'd love to, if I, I don't know I can understand the draw of it because like you said it's you don't have to do much work but then I think I don't know if I wanted to do I'd love to print something like cushions and sell them but yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like I would want to do it myself I don't know Um, just because I feel like I mean I suppose they they're not touching your copy or anything it's still yours and everything but um Mm. I don't know um have have you have you done that or you um a little bit I've I've put a few designs up okay it it doesn't do much but then again I don't promote it so that's the thing It's just the hope that something will happen. (laughs) But the thing is, you you just can't with all of these different platforms, like you said, with the Etsy shop. Yeah, that's the thing. I struggle with that. I don't think I could do anything else. (laughs) But at least with Society6, you you get rid of that problem of, you know, you have heaps of client work on and then an order comes through and you don't have time to deal with it. Yeah. 
just do it and yeah, send you fifty p or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that people, some people do very well off of it, but you have to be selling huge volumes, and I think you have to be really treating it as a yeah, like almost a, a full time job and, yeah. and uploading lots of new designs and lots of different colorways. Yeah. yeah. And promoting it and all that kind of stuff showing about it and then it's just as much work as as doing yeah your own shop i guess yeah no i think that's that's probably true i'll probably just try and do my own shop on my website first have you done any pattern designs on actual products like fabric or Um, i've seen some gift wrap on your instagram but i wasn't sure if that was a mock-up or not oh it was a mock-up yeah it's yeah. funny because i yeah i did that on photoshop and then people were like can i buy it i'm like no it's not real um i just <laughs> sorry i want to wrap my christmas books in it <laughs> sorry i'm like i will do it that was one of the things oh i did want to do i wanted to do gift wrap this year mm. christmas but they work quite far in advance so i feel like i need to do that I really do <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I won't, and then I'll get to Christmas and I'll go, I didn't do it again. I uh, haven't done, I've yeah, I've mocked stuff up. Like I think I mocked up um, like the space pattern I did on like a bag as well. Um, I think that's on my website actually, but I haven't really. What was the space pattern for? Was that just a personal project? It's a personal project. Uh, it's I so think... cool. Oh, thanks. I think I'd done one book about, I did um, everything you know about science is wrong. And that was for pavilion books. And then um, I think that came out of that. I was like, I'm going to do a science. Um, I'm going to do a science pattern because I just wanted to do it. Um, and then I was like, I'll put it on a bag. But I, since then, I've done, I think that has got me quite a bit of work because, I mean, I've done, I've done the other, done everything you know about the body is wrong. Everything you know about um, space I've done now is wrong. Everything you know about London is wrong. And I'm now doing everything you know about planet earth is wrong and um, i've done a few other sciencey things like magazines and also i'm doing another book about science now for children so that i think helped <laughs> with getting doing more science stuff which is quite fun like um space it was just a personal project though i i kind of just was playing around with the patterns and was like um wanted to do it so yeah that's how but it does help like I said like now I've got quite a lot of space stuff to do which is fun yeah I love the fact that you've got a whale in there I know um that little hitchhiker's guide yeah (laughs) reference yeah (laughs) so um the everything you know about science is wrong I I can see you've, you've done the is it headers for each chapter yeah so hang on I've done so there's everything you know about science, there's everything you know about space, they're both on there. Um, so it's, um, there's chapter openers, they're like double page spreads, and then yeah. and then there's uh, quite a few, I've only done a selection of, but there's quite a few chapter, um, so like, in, sorry, incidental illustrations that go throughout the book. Um, mm. So those are those ones. So there's about four or, no, sorry, five or six chapter openers, which are the like, the full page like double page spread and then I think I did about 22 little illustrations that go throughout the book did you do the cover for that one too um I I didn't do the cover for that one they um they created a cover 
using one or two of the illustrations and their own typography so uh, my work is on the cover but I didn't I didn't do it myself uh, you didn't get to do the type no I didn't do the type <laughs> whatever <laughs> no it's they're quite um I think they're like quite simple like red and blue maybe um and then yeah it's got my illustrations on it but no I, they're not I didn't design it they all they all kind of follow the same format because it's what like five books in the series now so oh okay so I suppose they have to have their kind of house style for that yeah yeah it's fine yeah not not um at all bitter about the the lack of typography <laughs> hey where's the hand <laughs> you're missing a trick there's <laughs> <laughs> a particular cover that I wanted to discuss it's the English animals one uh, because was that just a was that an unused comp? Yeah, so um, I mean, let me find it. That went straight. I, it was a final I did for them. It was uh, it was a bit sad actually. Yeah, I I really liked the cover and yeah, um, it's beautiful. The, thanks. Um, the publisher wanted I think they said like a something witty, quirky with a bit of darkness in it, sort of kind of predominantly typography. Um, but they had that kind of drama in of the animals being chased, that kind of predator thing. Mm. So it's like an owl swooping down on the mouse and there's like a fox chasing a rabbit. Um, I mean, it went all the way to final, like, and the publisher like was really happy with it. They loved it. But then the um, it was the author uh, who obviously hadn't been involved with any of the design turn around and said they they wanted a um a photograph so um it didn't uh it didn't get used and i think yeah the publisher was pretty sad about it as well and these things happen like i mean there's quite a lot of people that have to be approved you know that have to have approval in when you do a book so there's obviously like yes. the art director the editor and then suddenly the author gets involved and um it's everyone has their own ideas of what they want and it's not always the same uh in this case, it was, I was like, oh, it sucks, because I did like the cover. And uh, sometimes it doesn't actually, you know, get that far. But this went all the way to final before it was picked up that they didn't want that. So, um, yeah, I mean, a bad choice, really. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you can't please everyone, so it's fine. And the final cover is a photograph, and it's just the one, the one English animal. The yeah I did, I did look at it i can't remember off the top of my head um i think that the fox is pouncing on something that you can't see oh yes but it doesn't have that kind of predator it looks like it's just kind of i don't know to me it looks like it's just bouncing <laughs> you know <how laughs> foxes kind of do they just pounce yeah i mean you can convey a lot you can convey so much in an illustration that you can't get in a photograph i mean photographs mm. are beautiful and used well they make gorgeous book covers but an illustration you know you can capture like a theme a mood all sorts of things in the book that perhaps a photograph can't capture in one image um based you know and all the you know the typography as well and the way that interacts with the illustration and all that kind of creates the whole cover and the kind of feeling that you get from it and that's one of the great things about illustration on a cover as well as you know it's all communication isn't it uh, it's communicating something that perhaps a photograph can't communicate that well so that's one of the mm. great things about it 
Yeah. I mean, I feel as though I'm I'm quite biased in this as well. <laughs> Maybe somebody <laughs> else would say something different, but yeah. yeah. I am a great lover of the illustration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we would be. Yeah. No, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, photographs are, are gorgeous. And you know, like I said, if they, when they're used well, it's it can do, you know, create something lovely. But from personal taste, I, you know, I would always, obviously I'm an illustrator. <laughs> I say use yeah. illustration. <laughs> uh, so you can just achieve quite a lot with it, I think. And you can be a bit more abstract as well. I mean, your your Alice cover is a case in point. That would be quite difficult to achieve through photography, I think. Yeah, and it would look a bit different, I think, as well. Yeah, the, the tone of it would be very different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, it has been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> it was lovely speaking to you as well. Yeah, and I oh, I was going to ask about what what you're up to now if you've got anything exciting coming up that you could share uh, i've just got back from holiday so i finished quite a lot of projects before i went um so all that ah. museum thing the museum of royal whistle which is now open which i need to go and have a is look is there at. anywhere we can go and see photographs of that um i'm hoping they'll take some nice photographs they haven't done the official launch yet so um it is open to the public but they haven't done the official launch which i presume is, is when they'll take nice photographs so i'm not aware of any yet but i think that there must be there will be some available and it is, we look out for it on your website yes i'll i will put some on my website i mean it's quite a big project i'll have to put just like a brief overview because i did so much so much for it but um hopefully it will translate well in a photograph it will it'll be great to see that and i'm doing yeah i'm doing a book about planet earth as i said and a book about science which i said and i'm also currently i've moved house recently so i'm um doing up my own studio uh, which is like in the garden it's like a wooden ski lodge thing so i'm doing that which is taking time as well so hopefully that will be done fairly soon i can move into there and have my own little workspace again so um that'll be great <laughs> that's what i'm doing <laughs> very busy <Yeah. laughs> Well, I look forward to seeing what you do next and especially seeing this wallpaper 2070s look. Uh, okay. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> Wonderful. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Please be sure to rate and review us too. This show is hosted by Holly Dunn and edited by Eric Wilder. Our theme song is Sweet Berry Wine by Blue Wednesday. And Spine is a production of Spine Magazine. For show notes, articles, audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books, visit spinemagazine.co.